Hi, this is Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. Welcome to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. I used to produce and edit the Google Teacher Podcast, hosted by Matt Miller and Casey Bell. You can enjoy the podcast once again, and be sure to visit the new website, chrisnessy.com slash googleteacherpod. Please note that any of the show note links mentioned in the episodes are no longer valid, but if you go to chrisnessy.com, dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. This is the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast, episode number thirteen. Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast. Your source for the latest news on Google for education, tips, tricks, and teaching ideas you can use in class tomorrow. And here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. tribe. So you may not know this, but Matt and I are usually recording at least a few days, if not a few weeks ahead of the release date. So we sort of missed April Fool's along the way. And if you didn't know this, Google is one to watch around April Fool's Day. They are known for putting out some hilarious videos on YouTube. Um, Various offices across the globe will put these out. And I actually keep a playlist of these on YouTube. I use them all the time in training and in other types of, of settings here. But I have, I think, 36 on this list now. But, Matt, have you seen the one that was really big this year, introducing uh, Google Gnome? Yeah, I just watched that just a little bit ago. It was hilarious. <laughs> it is so funny. So if you're familiar with Google Home, they put a little spin on it, dressed up Google Home like a gnome, like a garden gnome, and they put it outside so that you could use your Google Home to turn on the um, the garden hose and to <laughs> to do different things. And it's it's pretty entertaining. But we're putting a link in the show notes to the, the YouTube playlist. So like I said, there's 36 videos on here. These are great, of course, to break up training, to get people laughing. But they're also, I think some of these make great writing prompts in the classroom. I would love to use these with students and get their take. And sometimes I even play some of these and, and try to figure out if the audience knows this is fake. Because some of these uh, yes. seem really legit ideas. Like, um, I, I use these all the time. Like, there's Google Cardboard Plastic, uh, introducing dial-up mode, the idea of bringing dial-up t- technology back. So, so there's all kinds of fun ideas in here. And I just thought that would be fun to share since we sort of missed April Fool's. Yeah. One of my favorite ones in there is, I think it's called Gmail Motion, where it's supposed to use your camera yes. and you do all these gestures with your arms and it's just ridiculous. It's it's hilarious. So yeah, yeah, good stuff. And as far as Google Gnome goes, I'm just waiting for the moment when I can buy a little hat and a little blue jacket <laughs> to put on my Google Home and dress him up like a gnome. Oh, I was picturing you in the Google Gnome outfit. Oh, Ooh, okay. Yeah. yeah, we could totally do that too. Yeah, yeah. I'm game for that. All so. right. I, I want pictures. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. So anyway, 
So in today's episode, we've got lots of really cool stuff to share with you. We're going to be talking with Shaylin Farnsworth. And when it comes to literacy and reading and writing, and when it merges with technology, Shaylin is somebody to listen to. She's been right in the middle of all of that and has all sorts of innovative ideas. So today we get to pick her brain about that and come away with some really good stuff. We, of course, have news and updates, including a new little app that was released by Google. And we've got some news about the Google Innovator Academy, if you're interested in applying for that. We have some feedback from a listener and, of course, a couple of blog posts. You ready to go, Casey? Let's do it. So as Matt mentioned, we have some exciting news about the Google Innovator Academies. And in case you haven't noticed, that has been a big influence on our careers. And I don't think this podcast would exist if Matt and I hadn't gone to the Google Teacher Academy together and connected with some amazing educators, one of which from our academy is also our guest today. Shaylin was also part of our Google Teacher Academy, which has now morphed into the wonderful Innovator Program. And so I've linked in the show notes to an article on the keyword blog about how three teachers turn classroom inspiration into action through the Google Certified Innovator Program. And this is really just a good informational Q&A to help you understand more about the program and the projects that they are now doing that are connected to the Innovator Academy, which, by the way, the Google Teacher Tribe podcast is an innovator project as well. So um, lots of great information. If you're curious and you've always wanted to become a Google Certified Innovator, definitely check out that article. And they have announced the Academy dates and locations. And so those are some exciting locations. So we've got Washington, D.C. in August, Sydney, Australia, later in August, then Stockholm, Sweden. And then we have the last one in December, which is in Brazil. So I'm a little bit jealous. I don't know about you, Matt. <laughs> yep, <laughs> Some of these yep. locations. Yes. I mean, I, I love Austin, but I live in Texas, so I, I really didn't get to travel too far. But um so there are some some really exciting places to to attend these innovator academies. And if you have questions, we would be happy to to help answer those too on Twitter or leave us a comment on the Google Teacher Tribe dot com website and you can find today's show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 13. Now Matt, tell us about this other new app that is sort of taking Twitter by storm at the moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, to be totally honest, I don't know if I heard everything that you said because I was so busy playing with it over here <laughs> while you were talking. Just Thanks, being Matt. honest. Uh-huh. Yeah, being real, being real. So um, this new app is called Auto Draw, And if you've played the quick draw game before, then this is kind of a take on that. So here's what Auto Draw does. It's got this big database of drawings of like little, you know, drawn with with, you know, like lines, not real kind of like sketches almost. And what you do is when you bring up Auto Draw, it gives you a sheet of paper and it lets you kind of like doodle on it. And once you start doodling, Google starts guessing what it is that you're drawing. So like over here while while uh, Casey was talking, I was trying to draw a picture of a um, bicycle. 
And so I drew a really rotten looking bicycle. I mean, I was drawing it with my mouse and I mean, the wheels weren't anywhere close to round, but then Google starts trying to guess what it is that you're drawing. And so it says, do you mean, and it shows you a bunch of little icons and one of them was a bicycle. So I clicked on it and it turned it into a very nicely designed bicycle that I could put on my paper. And of course, now I can take that bicycle and I can resize it. I can change the shape of it. I can, and then after that, you can add text, you can fill things in, uh, you can draw freehand just on your own, add shapes. So really, it's this neat little design program. It's kind of like Google Drawings, only it has a little bit more of like machine learning, like you know, trying to guess what it is that you're drawing, um, maybe with a little bit more support. So this is a cool thing. It's it's a neat way, I think, for classroom implementation. I think it's a neat way, of course, to show kids how um, artificial intelligence, intelligence works. But it also kind of ties into the idea of visual note-taking, where you're tying the verbal and the visual together. So if you want to pull your ideas together in one place and add text and images and all of that, I think this is a good way to do it. So this new auto draw app is particularly great for someone like me, Matt. I I cannot draw to save my life. So <laughs> so I, I mean my smiley faces need a little bit of work. So even when I try to draw draw a smiley face, it recognizes it and it will ask, "Do you mean?" And then you can select from all of these awesome graphics to use there that are already pre made. And I need that. I need that support. So this is using that special machine learning to figure out what you're trying to draw so uh, since most people can't tell what i'm drawing i need that there you go that's right so (laughs) for casey and for me or for anybody else that wants to check that out of course the easiest way is to go to google teacher tribe.com slash 13 i'm super excited yes i said it to to welcome our guest today shaylin farnsworth from iowa shaylin is a close friend from the Google Teacher Academy that Matt and I attended. And she's also a consultant in Iowa where she helps support literacy, technology, project-based learning. She is a Google certified innovator, a blogger, an Apple teacher, and a soon-to-be published author. Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe, Shaylin. Thank you, Casey and Matt. It's so great to be here with you guys. I was trying to think of our shirt the other day from Texas. Was it Let's Get Weird or Let's Get Googly Weird? I can't remember. Yeah, it was it was uh, Keep GTA. It was Keep weird. Austin Googly. That's what it said. Oh, yeah. Keep Austin Googly. <laughs> for yeah, God. Yeah. Which is a good one. So, yeah. And I so, mean, yeah. They, had to, they had to retire the name after our group went through. Yeah, exactly. Of course. We're, It's like they got it perfect one time and then they were done and they had to try something different. So, yeah. (laughs) Yes. So, all right. So anyway, um, Shaylin, we are very, very happy to have you on the show. And after going round and round with uh, scheduling, we finally got it right. And so one of the first things I wanted to talk about um, is something that we ask a lot of people. And it's about your, your Google Spark moment. Like what? Where was the moment where you – was there like a moment in class or just uh, just in general where you all of a sudden go, wow, this is a really powerful tool. This is, this is going to make a huge difference. I think a couple of things when I look back into my spark and love affair with Google tools. The state of Iowa is known as a Google state. So every school district has a free Google domain. 
most districts already use those. I would say out of the 67 that we support in our region, probably like two don't have a Google domain. Um, so we've been a, a Google state for a long time. And I feel that once um, my students experienced not only the collaborative and creative powers of Google, but also the ability to share uh, outside of our four walls, that's when the spark hit. They were no longer writing for the traditional lone teacher. Their audience became the globe. That's so true. Giving them an authentic audience, or at least a more authentic audience with their writing, I think that that is really sort of shifting the way we think about writing in general. I would agree. And um, I'm going to throw out this uh, term, and I promise this will only be one of very few nerdy terms that I use. But if you look at communication and writing and reading specifically literacy, everything that we used in the in the past was unimodal. So one way was print on text paper that you could read and absorb. Now we live in a world where communication is multimodal, changes not only the creation option, but also the publishing options for kids and allows us as educators to consider what does it mean to communicate one's message through different modes and um, how do we not only share um, how to consume those with kids, but how to create those as well. That's awesome. And by the way, you can totally talk nerdy to us. I mean, unimodal, multimodal, <laughs> you know, where, wherever you want to go with that is, is awesome. And I think that's so true. And I just, I kind of look around at the world around us these days and we have so many different media, so many different ways to express ourselves and to do it instantly. I mean, there's the whole instant gratification side to it and everything. And so that it just seems like communication is going through just upheaval in general. And it's got to be, I would think anyway, it's got to be so hard to keep up with that from a writing and literacy standpoint in the classroom? It can be difficult. Uh, when you break the, let's say, mode down, um, for instance, YouTube and video creation, they still employ the same sort of strategies that any other sort of writing communication mode does. There's still a, a brainstorming, a pre-writing um, stage. There's a, you know, a final product stage that goes through revisions and editing and then a publishing or sharing. The other dimensions that it adds would be the dynamics of a multimodal product or mode. And so you have things that have to consider not only audio, but visual and also design elements as well. Breaking it down by those different structures really helps kids see the necessity for not only writing, but how writing is still alive and well in today's society. And you know what's so awesome about every piece of that little pie that you just described there is that the G Suite tools offer ways to support every single piece of that. So the G Suite really does um, play nicely, not only into supporting student writers in the process, but it also allows us to have the process visible. And so when you think about brainstorming, um, students can use Google Draw, MindMup, Coggle, um, a whole bunch of different things that are not only part of G Suite, but extensions, add-ons within Google Drive and Google Docs to have this endless mind mapping and brainstorming place where they can not only gather their thoughts, but then share them and kind of demonstrate the process. 
I think that's so powerful. And as a former language arts teacher myself, being able to see the writing process in action from inception, from that brainstorming process, all the way to a final draft and a published version of it. It's like you have this little window into the entire process and collaboration can happen at at a whole new level, whether, um, you know, they choose to do individual projects or make it collaborative. And you have shared an amazing document with us that everybody is going to be super excited about. So Shaylin has put together a list of resources for every step of the process from brainstorming, writing, revising, editing, and she is listing out and linking to every add-on, every extension, every little tool that can help in that process. Can you give us a little bit of a description of some of the things that you're sharing with us today? For sure. Well, I'm a collector. I collect things that support reading and writing because I truly think we're all teachers of literacy. If you really think about it, uh, Matt and Casey, the way students demonstrate understanding is through some sort of communication, whether that's a video, whether that is an infographic, whether that's a chart and graph um, or, or paper, students right to demonstrate their understanding. And so I like to collect things to support teachers, not only in the ELA classroom, but across discipline, because I think it's an important part of what we do for kids. Um, so some things that you might not be familiar with, some little hidden gems, I think you call them, Casey. Um, <laughs> I think that a lot of people recognize like Google Docs and Slides and now even kind of draw as part of the Google Suite, but I don't think they realize that Blogger and YouTube also are part of that Google Suite. That's a very good point. And to think of using YouTube in the writing process. So how would you use or recommend using YouTube in the writing process? Oh, geez. You could use it a number of ways. Um, you could use it anything from different resources for kids. So making small, let's say, citation um, videos for kids to refer back to when they need to cite properly on their papers. Or you could use it for feedback. A lot of kids love using video for feedback, but they could also use it as part of their writing. So when I say writing and communicating, I mean any mode. Again, going back to that multimodal. So kids using video to demonstrate their understanding of a specific concept and topic. And through those, just like any other um part of the G Suite, you can make them collaborative, connect them together through hyperlearning, and then publish them to the world. Ah, now that's something that that always gets me excited is you you just use those magic words for me, which is publish them to the world. And this was something that you alluded to a little bit earlier when you were talking about your Google Spark, the idea of sharing beyond the four walls. And I think you and I both agree that that's one of the most powerful parts of just G Suite in general is the ability to share. And so I wanted to come back to that a little bit and see maybe what you've done or what you've heard other teachers do or what's possible when it comes to giving students an audience that we can do that or that you've you've done that to be able to share beyond those four walls. It could be um, as simple as collaborating within the, the school with a different class or it could be pushed all the way out to having a, a collaboration 
um, through a, a deck of slides and Google Hangouts. Like I'm sure you guys remember that I spoke about at our teacher, Google Teacher Academy, and how my kids connected with that class in Sweden and how they became um, not only learning partners, but friends in real life. Um, and so there's lots of different ways for kids to connect um, and share their work, their ideas, their voice with a global audience. And um, that's what we want kids to do. We want them to be able to not only uh, use the technology um, for the work that it's intended to do, um, whether publishing a YouTube video or writing regularly on a blog, um, but we also want them to add their voice to the digital sea of information. Um, and so how can they communicate effectively with a global audience? And most kids um, do it through such things as um, gaming, YouTube, blogging, social media platforms. And so my thought is why not use those um, to instill those different communication skills that they'll need for right now while they're in school, but forever and ever, whenever they're communicating. And you just said to add their, what was it, to their voice, to the the global sea of voices, or it was something really eloquent. I, I love how you put that. That was great. It was and poetic. It was very poetic. Yes, it was. And, you know, when it, when it comes to all of this to adding their voices to this this global community. One big question that I always hear from teachers is, I I'm bought into the idea. I think this is this is a great idea, but how do I get connected? How do I find other classes or other teachers or other students? Do you have any advice on that? Well, there's a few different ways that you can connect with other classrooms. And don't forget about primary sources. So when my kids were studying poetry, I jumped right on Google Communities and I joined the poetry community um, so that I could be connected with people who felt their life's work was poetry. And so that would give my kids connections to experts in which they not only shared their work, but then also heard the work of, of different poets. Um, so through Google Communities is a great way to connect with others. I know that I'm part of a connected classroom um, community on Google that works hard to connect um, classrooms around the country. Blogging is another great way. Um, and any social media platform that you use, you can pretty much guarantee that there's going to be teachers there. And all of those teachers want to give their kids real life experiences. We also have a very special lesson that you have shared with us and that we will get to share with the Google Teacher Tribe audience. Can you tell us a little bit about your lesson and the grade level and your, your learning goals with this lesson? So I thought it would be fun um, since we were speaking about writing and communicating uh, the different resources and apps and extensions that Google has to support those to throw in a little multi-genre writing. So the whole idea with a multi-genre um, project is that students find a topic that matters to them, one that they're passionate about. There's a piece of it that's inquiry and research-based, um, where you can bring in all of those reading and writing skills that are so essential for life. And then they create multiple modes that demonstrate a message that illuminates their research. And um, that's what Tom Romano calls the golden thread. Uh, but then he also ends it um, 
with feedback instead of grading. And so it's a, it's a place for self-reflection on which mode they thought worked best, um, how they supported others. So it's just a whole great um, lesson design that he set up. And you can change it slightly to add that tech because this was done before there was a lot of different tech options out there. Um, and I like the kids to create anything from an infographic to a website to Pinterest boards to a blog. I love all of the ideas for your lesson, Shaylin. I wish I had known you when I was still in the middle school classroom. I feel like I could have learned so much and shared so much, but I will continue to share the fabulous things that you are doing with all of the teachers that I work with now. I do have one last question, though. I really want to know. So you've given us this great list of resources and ideas. Can you pick a favorite writing tip with G Suite to share with the audience? Can I give you two? Is that okay? Two? Yes, I'll let you cheat. You can give us two. So I think that first, when they took away the research tool in Google Docs, it upset quite a few people. <laughs> yes. um, but if you have checked out the Explore within Google Docs, uh, that would be underneath the tools. It does very similar things, even down to the citation um, in different formats, the MLA um, Chicago APA. And so that has returned. It's just labeled slightly different. Um, so that would be the first one. And probably the second one, I know that um, fake news and developing healthy skeptics has been in the news lately. And so um, when kids are out there collecting resources to support their writing, uh, I found this new extension. It's called First Draft News that you put on your Chrome extension, and it kind of helps you um, recognize information that could be um, skewed facts or bias. And it helps you locate reliable, relevant sources and then kind of screen them briefly for you before you start adding the information into your own writing. I love that. I'm looking at that right now. That's a great one. So first draft news check Chrome extension. Thank you. Uh, that's that's interesting that you brought up the explore tool because that's that's almost like a little bit of foreshadowing here and a little bit later in the episode I'm going to talk about a, a blog post I I just uh, published about that so that that's like great minds thinking alike so Shaylin this has been wonderful this has been I think resource packed and we've got our show notes are full I know that you know sometimes if, if people just listen to this and they don't get over to the show notes but I think especially today there's so much there and you've given us a lot to to think about I know you're you're busy on Twitter so if people want to follow you on Twitter then go to sh Farnsworth and then you've even got a website shaylinefarnsworth.com and of course there's links to all of that in our show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 13 Thank you so much for giving us some time and for giving us all of these ideas to, to use G Suite to improve writing. We appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. And I'm really excited to be looking for my new book in the fall. It's going to be chucked full of literacy and ed tech redesign. We can't wait. Thank you so much, Shaylin. Bye, guys. The Google Teacher Tribe podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network, podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great education podcasts, go to edupodcastnetwork.com.
So in today's mailbag, instead of bringing up a new question, we're going to bring up an additional answer to something that we talked about recently. In episode 10, we talked about how when using Google Forms, if you want parents to submit files, because now you've got the file upload option, if you want parents to submit files and they're not on your Google domain, that that poses a problem. And we talked about that a little bit. And a listener of ours named Eric Kurtz. Eric has a fantastic blog called Control Alt Achieve. You can find it at controlaltachieve.com. Um, and so what Eric suggested is what if you handle this problem a little bit differently? Instead of submitting files through a Google form like that, he suggested an add-on that you could use to Google Sheets that would accomplish a similar thing. And it's called the Save Emails and Attachments add-on. And so here's here's how Eric suggests this. He says, basically, instead of using a form, people would send an email to a specific address. He says, I suggest setting one up specifically for this purpose, like Dropbox at myschool.org or whatever your, your school's uh, domain is. And emails sent to this address will trigger the add-on. And any attachments that are sent through that email are going to get saved into a Google Drive folder that you specify. So that way, you could just email the attachments to that email address, and then they all get gathered together in a Google Drive folder. So that sounds like a pretty easy way to gather all of those attachments, I think. Yeah, I think that's a great little workaround. Of course, um, Eric is a great resource and always has some fun tips and tricks to share. So I I think that add-on might do what some people need it to do in terms of collecting that outside paperwork. Yeah, and we're all about our workarounds, aren't we? (laughs) Absolutely. Make it work. And so regarding this question, or I guess this answer, or any other question that we come up with, if you've got another way to do what we're talking about, if you have another answer to one of our questions or to anything that we talk about on the show, remember, you can always go to our show notes and leave us a comment. And that's probably the best place for us to be able to collect all of those other other things. And if you're looking for alternative answers, then maybe somebody in the tribe has already answered it and you can go check it out on our on our show notes. So again, our show notes for this episode happen to be googleteachertribe.com slash 13. We have some fun things to share from our blogs, as always, from our own blogs and from other blogs and our favorite podcasts, etc. We always have some great resources. So I mentioned this in the last episode, but I want to make sure that everybody knows that the Google Certified Trainer VIP course is open. So it opened on April 11th and it will close on May 21st. So you have a very short window to actually get into this course and start working towards becoming a Google Certified Trainer. So if that interests you, please check out the link to my blog or go to becomeagoogletrainer.com. And I highly recommend that you read the information on that site and watch the videos because there are a lot of questions. This, First of all, this is not about certified educator level one and level two. I'm working on those. Hang on. Those are coming. But if you're ready to move on to trainer, this is the one for you. So be sure that you check that out. I believe Matt even makes a special appearance on the Become a Google Trainer website. Right. And I think he called me the cat's pajamas. I'm not sure. Was that right? And but, the bee's knees. And the bee's knees. Yes. Yeah. So um, lots of testimonials and 
and, and other things that you can check out there. But I just want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to check this out and become a VIP and get those special bonuses. So, Matt, what's been going on on your blog? Well, speaking of all things Google, which we pretty much do on this show, I just recently published a post called Exploring Explore, how Google works for you and your students. And I hadn't gotten a chance to really dig deep into this Explore tool that was released not too terrible long ago. And so I took this opportunity to do it. And so I started looking into the ways that Explore helps us do things in docs and slides and sheets. And so that's the kind of thing that, that this is all about, like bringing research into your documents or having the Explore tool help suggest design for your slides pages or having it analyze the data in your sheet and create some charts or answer some questions about it. And so this is a really helpful tool. It just sits right down in the corner of your, um, of your, Google Docs and slides and sheets. And I, after seeing it sit there, it kind of reminded me back to um, the old Microsoft Office days when you had the little paperclip down there. Do you remember that guy? I hated him. Yeah. <laughs> I think there are some pretty nasty memes about him out on the web. I haven't started digging into that very much yet. But um, So anyway, this is the much less obtrusive version of him that, that Google uses. And so oh. it's pretty... Pretty useful. I, <laughs> I can't believe you just made that comparison. <laughs> yeah, only only this one is much much better and not as annoying. So that's that's where I'm I'm trying to go with this anyway. Yes, you actually have to open Explore. It doesn't magically just pop up every five seconds to tell you to do something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> So anyway, those are a couple of things that will hopefully help you kick your Google use, your G Suite use up to the next level. Okay, folks, that wraps up another episode of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. We hope you all enjoyed everything that we shared today and especially all of the fabulous writing tips, tricks, and strategies that we learned from Shaylin. Remember, we want our kids to be publishing for the world and how powerful giving them an authentic audience can be and how much the G Suite tools can support that. Be sure that you check out the show notes and all of those fabulous updates that we mentioned. So thank you for all of your feedback and we will see you next time. Bye y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power, and may the Googles be with you. podcast listeners. My name is Chris Nessie, and I'm the host of the House of EdTech podcast. The House of EdTech explores how technology is changing the way teachers teach and the impact that technology is having in education. My objectives include discussing technology that is changing our classrooms and schools and sharing information that you can hear about today and use tomorrow. I do this by talking with teachers, leaders, and creators just like you and having them share their stories. 
Why? Because whether you use it or not, technology is changing the way we teach and how our students learn. So I'd love it if you came over to chrisnessy.com and checked out the House of Ed Tech. Because using technology isn't difficult. Just give it a try. Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, shakeuplearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. And I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech podcast.